You're listening to This QPOC Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions. Please leave comments on our website, thisqpoc.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at thisqpoclife. Help us build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just search This QPOC Life on your favorite platform. I was going to say Platinos. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. (laughs) For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of This QPOC Life. And buy Platinos. (laughs) And buy those for a dollar? Five dollars? You can unlock special rewards uh, like behind the scenes edits and at, uh, at higher tiers. And you can invest in this podcast and help us continue to create quality content by and for QPOC. But there what about go. my platinum? I did it too. I did it too. Perfectly you timed. Stuck the landing. Yes. <laughs> we, we got there. It was the a bar journey. work needed work. It was a journey. Yes. We didn't quite get do the pommel horse routine like. I we feel were like I got the landing, but then I but fucked up something landing. in the show, like sure. in the showing. So and served us platanos. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Who doesn't love a platano? Like they're delicious, <laughs> nutritious. I mean, I can't eat them on this keto life. Oh, this is true. Oh God bless. That's so sad. You can't. What day is it anymore for this keto life? Uh, How many days we are is it? circling on two months exactly. Oh, oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. You did it longer than I ever did. Life without those nones, girl. How do girl, you do it? We are. It, it's a struggle. It's a daily walk with the Lord, but we make it. <laughs> you know, it's funny in the in the 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 plantain versus plantain debate. I'm just like platano. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. Just mm. say it right. Just, just, let's just solve all those problems. Now, speaking of solving our problems, you may call me Joe Lee. That's Joe with no E. And that is how you'll find me on social media across the internet. And my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and Platano. Okay. Yeah. Look at that teamwork. My name is Jonathan, <laughs> a.k.a. Blasian FMA. You can find me on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram, and a whole bunch of other places. But I prefer Instagram. So look me up there. My pronouns are he, him, and his. You failed to tell the children what your handle was on Instagram. I did, didn't I? Jonathan, a.k.a. Blasian FMA. Oh. I always say that. <laughs> Wait, roll the tapes. Let's go back. What go is back the to truth? the tapes. So, so what is the truth? Dot Oprah. Dot gif. Yes. Okay, great. So uh, my name's Carlos. Rios. I hope I said it. <laughs> you can catch me online at below. That's T R E S F A B U L E U X. And my pronouns are whatever. I don't really care. But my favorite one will always be hers. And this is This QPOC Life. This QPOC Life. Well, (laughs) the midterm elections have happened and the president is feeling a certain kind of way. He's feeling every certain kind of way. (laughs) (laughs) He's snapping on everyone. He's firing folks. Maybe he needs some self-care. I mean, it works wonders for mental health, right? Mm. That being said, Carlos, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's been... It's been two weeks since I've been on the program because uh, JoJo and I actually were 
involved in something very exciting with yes. our acapella group Tone Wall. So last Friday we got the opportunity to audition for a television program that you all might be familiar with called America's Got Talent. Oh, I felt I feel like that's an indie program, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, isn't very, that on like, like C-SPAN or something? Yeah. Who are the hosts of that currently now? Um, I think Tyra. Tyra Banks is like the Nick Cannon of that yeah. show. Now. Okay. If Heidi's on there? I think Heidi's on the panel. I don't even know. It's like a rotating S- panel. Scary Spice is on there from time to time. Melanie Scary Brown. Spice. Melanie Brown. Mm-hmm. Speaking, oh my gosh, didn't they? Uh, we'll, should, we'll, get into, we'll get into Scary Mandel, Spice Is he later. still on that show? I don't know. Isn't he like the Simon Cowell like, of that show? I, I feel like he's him. the fixture Wait, isn't Simon Cowell on that show now? I, I thought he was he X Factor. X Factor is banned off the air. Oh, I don't know. I can't Child, keep up. I can't keep up with those shows no. either. So we got to do that and audition, and that was a really cool experience. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was and, a lot of fun. And I wasn't sure what to expect, and we obviously can't talk a whole lot about what happened, but I feel really good about how we performed and the things that we did. JoJo and I actually, we kicked off. We It's a group, so we're all singing together. However, we had a featured duet mm-hmm. uh, for the first um, which I, is incidentally on YouTube. Which is also on it. the YouTube if you want to YouTube. Oh, a clip of what you're talking about yeah. right now is on. The song is no, called the, Find You. The song oh. that we that we have a duet together. Oh, I see. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So look us up because you will enjoy that. That's a beautiful, um, beautifully done, beautifully arranged and beautifully shot. So I think you'd really enjoy that. So that's been really fun. Uh, this keto life continues to slay. <laughs> I weighed in this morning. In the last two months, I'm down 18 pounds. 18? Yeah. So it's doubled the last, it was like seven last time. No, it's been slowly progressing, but it wasn't seven <laughs> last time. But uh, I feel good. And I actually went clothes shopping last weekend, and I had to go down a size in some pants. Congratulations. So, thank you. So those are like nice little, what we call non-scale victories in the biz. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feels really good. Um, and I love a non-scale victory. Yes, an NSV for short. I, I like know. that. Um, I only read from the NIV. Thank you. <laughs> for my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. We, we are King James in the house. <laughs> Not the amplified Thank version? No, man. Or the word. No. The word is straight up trash. It just changes oh, everything. Yeah. It's like, or what? the message. Uh, the message. That's what I was thinking. The message, the message is the terrible one. Yeah. And so that's, that's been really exciting and fun as I'm continuing into my weight loss journey. I also, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast two weeks ago, but two weeks ago, my friend and I decided that for Thanksgiving, we were going to not stay anywhere in the United States, and we're actually going to the island nation of Curacao Cute. for a couple of days and okay. have some fun in the sun while everyone's eating turkey and being cold up here. Now, learn the children who may not know where that is. So Curacao is a small Caribbean island off the coast of Venezuela. It's just to the east of Aruba. Reachable by JetBlue. And it is reachable by JetBlue. <laughs> not a sponsor. That, that, is, that is exactly how we're going. They are not a sponsor of this podcast, but we are definitely open to that sponsorship. Yeah, money. please. Give me is, some some um, JetBlue travel tickets. packages. Because it is not cheap to go out there, but we got a really good deal, so I'm excited about it. And lastly, work has been really cuckoo bananas crazy for the last couple of weeks, and I've talked a little bit about that on the show. And I'm happy to report that my pettiness level has now exceeded 9,000 because I have been named the HR business partner for the HR team at my company. Wait, so, that's like 50 cent and Ja Rule level. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is about to go down because I'm friends with everyone at work and now I'm also responsible for everyone's like 
shit. You're as about the to HR buy partner. everyone's the HR masters HR. and like run all I'm of about their to careers, ruin lives, and storm careers. You're gonna in a buy all way. the tickets to everyone's shows. I can't wait. And, I can't and wait. Not, not let anyone show up. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the HR of HR stories it's, are going to be like. It's a thankless job, truly. <laughs> but I'm. I look forward to it. I think it'll be. It'll be a good time. So, do you like to be thanked publicly or quietly? I like to be thanked. I like a mixture of thanks, but no matter what kind of thanks, I feel like it needs to be genuine. So, speaking of genuine, Jolie, how you doing? Oh, nice pitch. Um, so, I'm very excited because last week... On the first, I told everybody that we were releasing this album, Travis, my friend Travis and I, mm-hmm. and it is now out in the world. Yay! Yay. Available wherever fine music can be streamed and bought. I was listening to it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Awesome. Yes. But, I haven't listened to it yet because I'm a bad friend. <laughs> because because you, you got caught up in the Ariana Grande trap. Listen, because Thank You Next is here it's and like, she's enjoying that for a we, moment. We dropped this album and then like Carly Rae and Ariana decided to both drop music at the same time. I'm like, well, they weren't all my friends listening to my album this week. <laughs> Didn't a, time it out right. It is in my queue, baby. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to give um, you that Spotify coin. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, also, I also registered for ASCAP last week. Ooh, okay. Which is the um, songwriting mm-hmm. uh, like union. licensing and union, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I should be officially registered next week because it takes a couple of weeks to, to finalize the process. And uh, But Travis's fans have been really, really excited and have received the album really, really well because he's never done anything like this before. Okay. And poetry albums generally don't are not received very well because usually it's just like, poetry slapped on some music or just poetry and a lot of folks have thought that this is like an an audiobook oh yeah but it's like it's it's a lot more than that cuz when i recorded travis i then went back and i just like did some careful editing and then arranged the music around the performance mm-hmm. um i heard elements of that yeah it's yeah. it's it was a really interesting process to do it this way because normally, you know, music's already done and then you go in and you do the recording. Right. But it was sort of the opposite. So that happened, and I'm I'm hoping I can get Travis confirmed to come onto the podcast to talk more about what that process was like. This week I bought some lights to do better social media and videos with. Lights? Oh, like yes. ring lights? Sort of. It's like a diffuser light panel. Ooh. Oh, yes. So I don't know if I know you, what you're saw, about. saw like my, my selfies the past couple of days have been particularly well lit. Ah, so that's, that's what you do. Do you plug yes. that in or does it run on batteries? How does that work? It runs on like a camera battery. Oh, so you plug it in your phone? No, no, it it like a like a little. I, I have it in my bag. I can show you later. But it's like it's a panel, mm-hmm. and you just like you buy extra camera batteries, and you just plug the, okay. the battery in, and it runs on that. Wow. Um, and then I bought like a colored light for my wall, so my pictures look a little more. That's interesting. an interesting. <laughs> it's a form of self care to like do nice things. Well, I did it. Yeah, I did it for that, and then but I also did it because I'm like, you know what? I really want to take my my self promotion seriously mm-hmm. as an artist and to take it more seriously and have it look a little more polished and interesting and I'm like what are just inexpensive ways I can do that and I'm like you know what I could just buy a light to make my wall colorful yeah. <laughs> mm. and buy another light so that way I'm not 
I don't have overhead lighting on everything. Oh, shiny forehead. Overhead which, which lighting looks good on no one. Which can't be your friend, my friend. No, no, no. No. Mm. no. My favorite lighting in my apartment is in the bathroom, but with the shower curtain closed. So you get the extra diffusion? It's like a diffusion, and like you get the shadows on the other side of my face, because my face is kind of just like round. So, yeah. I totally understand well yeah because you like you also do all the the youtube videos so like you understand how like making sure you're lit properly is like it's a big deal yeah yeah it it's, it's very important how people perceive you yeah on the subject of your youtube channel how are you doing ah <laughs> i was wondering what my picture was gonna be that was good uh, i'm good uh right now my chest and arms are very sore because i joined what you been doing well i actually joined the gym oh. um, i'd been doing core rhythm fitness she was getting a little pricey it was it was a pretty penny every month it was like having an equinox gym membership oh i was gonna say oh. were you like but, did you open a, a gym membership at the equinox no. so no i i took all that money and i said well let me just use 15 dollars of that and join blink which is literally on oh, my nice. block yeah so there's no reason why i shouldn't be going to the gym okay. and so i've been going and now i'm sore as f so you, we can swear you, on you our can own say podcast what you i know to say. uh but uh <laughs> i can i can like lift my arms like this but oh. I can't open them. So I'm lifting like <laughs> I'm I'm doing a chicken dance basically. I can do this, but I can't extend <laughs> my arms completely open. That's really funny. Get some Advil. And then like the upper part of my chest is starting to like it's setting in because I did chest the second day. It's it's hard, but um, there are a lot of people on Grinder at the gym, and that's a form of self care as well. Um, <laughs> grindering while at the gym. Grindering or? while at the gym, you know. just teasing the boys, I guess. Damn. Uh, what I else? I wonder if that's why all the faces are so different in my neighborhood lately. A new gym opened? Because they opened a Blink like ten blocks from me. Oh, that's it. Uh, that is absolutely it. You know, Blink is owned by the same company that owns Equinox. Oh, really? So oh. I'm using the poor people's gym then. Okay, it's, it's that's the, fine. It's the value conscious. The value conscious. Sure. The, what is the Walmart brand? Oh, <laughs> the great e value. The Equate. <laughs> Crasdale. <laughs> Damn. Oh, nah, my. It's not quite Crasdale, thankfully. The the uh, bottom the bottom <laughs> shelf cereal, where it was all the brands, but in bags right. and with different names. So, like, Fruit O's. <laughs> Fruit O's. And Cocoa Pops. Right. Instead of Puffs. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but where I did not go generic uh, also with my self-care is I bought, following in Carlos's footsteps, oh. a video game for myself on console. I recently got a PC, and so I've been gaming on there, like, through Steam and all that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, how can I keep my Xbox One relevant? <laughs> And some people <laughs> might joke and be like, well, first of all, it's an Xbox One, so it's right. not relevant. But I was like, let me get this new game that came out. And I kind of told Carlos you should get it, too. But I feel like you think it's not your scene. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. And it, this game has been okay. a long time coming. It's... Uh, it's if you don't know anything about the Red Dead series, it's basically an open world game. It's always been open world mm -hmm. since like what the PS2 came out on. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's been open world and it's really expansive, like the Wild Wild West. It's that time. Okay. And so you're like, 
they're white people and mm-hmm. all this stuff. You know, it's like you ride Do, horses, stage coaches, robbing trains and shit. And um, but the most important question is: there like a big wooden statue somewhere that of a naked cowboy that you can climb on top of? Not that I have seen yet. I don't know where that exists in the lore, unless we're thinking like. Um, I say lore, but this actually happened in history. <laughs> the American West? The American the lore West. of the American West? Um, <laughs> unless we're t- talking about the Will Smith movie. What year was that? Like 1990-something? Wild Wild West? The Wild Wild West movie? Uh, yeah. I, I the big spider. That. Yeah. It's, it's so, but it's more realistic. It's okay. following. Is there gay shit? That's what I need to the, I, I have not seen any gay shit yet. I did go and sit. I went to the city, like the big city in the game, okay. like the world, and um, looking, trolling. A, look, <laughs> cruising the city <laughs> on my horseback. <laughs> With these hoop skirts on the prowl, (laughs) and all these Victorian era houses. Yes, Um, but no, you. I I went to a vaudeville theater and like. Can, the thing was legit like 30 minutes long. I was like, and wait, they programmed all this? And you could have found a at the Vaudeville Theater? I'm I mean, where you, else were you going to find it? The, well, the guy Damn. who was hosting it was cute, but I was like, I can't get his attention because it's all pre-programmed. But yeah, so I've been doing that. I don't think, I heard that you finished Assassin's Queen. I did finish Assassin's Queen. I had such a good time. I think I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but mm-hmm. now I've still, I've still been playing because I wanted to get some more because... If you're a gamer out there, you know, it's all about getting the trophies, right? right. So the accomplishments. And so now I'm trying I'm to like. I'm not that gamer. Oh, I'm what? like, story's done. Yeah, Bye. that's me. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I like story. I, I definitely want to finish the story for every game that I play. And for some that I really like, I want to try and get the trophies because I really like that accomplishment mm-hmm. factor. And Assassin's Queen is not, is one where, yes, there's some challenge to get the trophies, but it's not impossible. And so kind of doing some cleanup now and trying to get the trophies and they've started releasing uh, some updates to the gameplay and some additional stories that are going to come out over the next couple of weeks so I'll still have some extra things to do Fine. so I'm, I'm still revisiting the world from time to time so your game takes place in the wild west during that during that time frame and somewhere it's like right at the end of, it's like the turn of the century 1900. Okay. So like mm. it kind of touts itself as the last great hurrah of the Wild West like right. before Pre- the uh, New Deal and all this stuff. Yeah. Revolution. Like right on the cusp. Yeah. Okay. Of that. And I, then and then it's so it's open world so it's almost like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, very much. It's Rockstar Games. Okay, uh, so, so the same it's, people that make Grand Theft Auto. It's basically Grand Theft Auto but in the ni- like 1890s. Okay. Yeah. But you're enjoying it. I am enjoying it. It's really fun. And you um, went to go see their vaudeville. Their vaudeville thing. I don't think I'm going to, going back to- Is it going to be like Once on this Island when you watch it eight times? Oh, no. <laughs> no I, well, it's, I think it's been nine times now. And <laughs> Oh, did you go see it on I, election day? I saw it because Once on this Island had a cosplay your favorite character. Right, thing. right, right. And, you and went... so I went as Cassandra, <laughs> who has been on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure she enjoyed that. Her oh. face was cracked. Let me talk about that real that quick. Way. Just real quick. Jonathan went, like, did a whole haul. I did. I was first of all that day. I didn't know I was gonna go. I saw it on their uh, once on mm-hmm. this island's social media. They're like, we're having. It was a day before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So they're like, come and get a ticket and then dress up as your favorite character. And I was like, you know what? My favorite character is Cassandra, and <laughs> I've seen this show eight times, and I know exactly what she wears. She comes out. She's the first. Like, if you go to Once on this Island, you'll it's super immersive. So when you get to the theater, there's a little girl coloring in a coloring book. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, people, the cast, start coming out one by one. And then it's just like a barbecue. It's like Beyonce's We Like to Party, party music video mm-hmm. by the time the musical starts. So... 
Cassandra is the first one that comes out. She comes out in a jean skirt, a black shirt with African orange African print on it, a dusty ass wig, and a white laundry basket because she's like picking up laundry around the set. So I was like, let me ask Jolie, like, how do I, like, where do they sell denim skirts? Denim skirts. <laughs> And just, like it was like it was random near having out like, of them a cri- like a, a, a crisis of conscience. Jonathan calling me. Where where do I? Oh, find it was a phone this? call, right? Yeah, where can I get a <laughs> jean skirt? Because Jonathan also this was this was all like Tonal had another gig that night, mm. and Jonathan wanted to see if I could go. But like we no, we had rehearsal for that gig, and for AGT. Got it. So. Jonathan's calling me and I'm like, I can't go. I totally would. But it was I two for go. one too, so I bought a full price right. ticket and then I didn't get the second one because <laughs> and I could I was totally entitled to it. But um, so anyway, I get there right. right, and like the little girl who's like super shy or whatever. I'm coming down. It's at uh, Circle in the Square Theater, uh-huh. so the stage is lower than you come in and then you have to go downstairs right. to get to your seat. So I'm coming down the stairs and the little girl's coloring her book, but then she looks up and she sees me and like I could see her face crack <laughs> and then she goes back to like coloring in her book but then she looks back up at me to confirm what she saw she's like what's she doing up there so then I saw Cassandra had not come out so I went back out because I was like one of the first people in the theater I was like let me make sure that I time me getting to my seat which is in the front row uh, to when she's like crossing the stage oh my god so I'm like I go to the back of the line again and then I come back in the, and sure enough she's now out there with her laundry basket so because I was on the front row and it's one that's on this island it's on sand so like it's it's a very intimate setting uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I get out there and they're like okay so your your seat is this way and I'm carrying this giant white basket as I'm walking across the main stage the sand Cassandra turns around and she looks and she just stops and then I just stopped she's like oh my god this is my sister <laughs> so it turned into like this improv like oh. thing in front of everybody but oh, apparently they're not allowed to um, they're not allowed to interact with the audience anymore after a year they've been out a year someone made a rule i guess people got carried away they like took live chickens and goats to the audience and stuff see the see the thing i'm not you know i'm That's gonna see great. it again michelle williams will be in it soon yeah. well the, fi- the funny thing is so the solution to the denim skirt was to take a denim jacket and turn it into a skirt did you sew it up people are or did you what did you do i got i went to rainbow mm-hmm. <laughs> and i found a denim jacket and i took the the i just uh, you know how you put on a jacket? Yeah. I just took that, but put it around my waist, and then turned it around. So like nobody could oh, see okay. the back. Sure. So I was just like, sure, I'll have a wig, this black shirt. I wore my. Uh, it's a black and orange. It's like a black shirt with orange writing, but it was a Resident Evil Seven shirt. <laughs> and, but it, it's fine. And it worked. And I got. <laughs> and you had that My wig. picture taken with her and everything. It was great. She and really appreciated cool. it. She really appreciated it. That's cute. Uh, you know, you do something every single day, like eight times a week, and anything that's different <laughs> that honors you is very touching i think oh, so that's sweet yeah well today on the podcast we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff a including some of the recent news that's been happening the blue wave um uh, a very special shout out to our new house financial services committee chair whom we'll talk about in a little bit mm. mm-hmm. and uh, stay with us we'll be right back after this break jojo what's your favorite ice cream flavor is it Peach mint. (laughs) 
Gee, I wish there were a way for us to chat with our podcast listeners. Yeah, like sometimes people reach out to me via DMs and I'm not even sure what the motivation is there, but I feel like we have a lot of listeners. Well, like there's data to support that idea, but where is everyone? Well, we do have the nieces and nephews of Maxine Waters' Facebook page, so that's probably one place. Right, yeah. And uh, I like to peddle the podcast in less than reputable Facebook groups. You need help. Bish, it's self-care and Mm self-promotion. More like podcasturbation. Oh, exactly. Wait, what? Anyway, uh, you out there listening to this, did you know that we have a Facebook group? Just look for This QPOC Life on Facebook and join the community. We want to chat with you. And while you're up and in the kitchen, why don't you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, too? Just search for This QPOC Life. Instagram is my favorite, I think. We know. Yes. We can tell from your stories, girl. Mm. Okay, everyone. It is time for the tea. What was that? That is Jonathan. Is that cappuccino. the percolator? Yeah. What? What the wait? Yes. No credibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or a really sloppy blowjob. Uh, oh, oh. Ooh, no, ma'am. Oh my. With Not tea. on tonight. Somehow, okay. We have to turn this into a less messy transition. Less messy transition. Okay. On a serious note, um, this the past two weeks have been filled with just so much going on in the world that just makes you just have to like hold your breath for a second and Mm. just like ask yourself is this really happening so just to get this conversation moving uh, we want to start talking about uh, the shooting that happened last week in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life synagogue Armed with an AR-15 style assault rifle and at least three handguns, a man shouting anti-Semitic slurs opened fire inside the Pittsburgh synagogue on Saturday morning and killed at least 11 congregants, wounding four officers and two others. Um, after the, the amazing thing about this story is that after this tragedy at Tree of Life happened, the local Muslim community raised more than $300,000 in support of their Jewish siblings. And it's, it's, it's like you hear a story like that and you're just like, wow. Yeah. Because we're, we're so used to like hearing about folks spewing so much hatred. Mm-hmm. And it's the people that you think would be least likely to show up and raise money for... And not because it's People the Muslims, but because of the specific tension between the two communities. Right, right. Not say, You're not saying that you would not expect... No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's easy based on the way that we're all like preconditioned to think mm-hmm. about Jewish versus Muslim. Mm-hmm. And that there's this, this tension in between those two community groups. Right. And then something happens that just sort of turns your expectations and your assumptions on on its ear. Yeah, I mean, I and think in it's the, beautiful. In the middle of all of that ugliness, there was something really beautiful about all of that. And I'm friends with some folks who are Jewish. And later on that week, when they went to to Shabbos uh, here in New York, there were a number of people from the Muslim community who were actually outside of the synagogue and had 
signs of support like just here in new york city and and my friend posted about that and he was just like so touched that again feeling the love and support from people that are even outside of his own faith tradition and often you know get pitted against each other and and maybe have their disagreements on certain things but when it all comes down to it you know we're we're people and we're trying to do the right thing and we're trying to to worship in in the way that we we feel is is appropriate for us right and as awful as that was, it was there was still some some beauty to it. And we also want to take a moment to recognize those people in Thousand Oaks because mm-hmm. there was a shooting recently in Thousand Oaks for some people who were just trying to dance and have a good time. And um, in addition to that, then there was the now there was just the wildfires that are yeah. going on in Thousand Oaks. So that community is having a really tough time. So we send our love and support out to our friends and our family that are out there in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, there's just a lot going on and um, part of the reason this made it through especially because some of the things that we just talked about happened like not this week but last week uh, is because we want to probably bring up the issue of gun violence mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know that's a really important thing it's it's important for us to talk about it especially as people of color because a lot of people on the other side of this conversation, like to talk about, especially like to talk about black on black crime mm-hmm. yeah. and the gun violence involved with that. Meanwhile, these stories that hit the headlines of mass shootings don't involve people of color. And yet we're the primary threat when it comes to gun violence. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? A visual aspect of what I'm doing. I'm using my thinking face mm-hmm. really hard right now because I'm <laughs> making sure I get what you're saying. So yeah, I get that. You're saying that the the perpetrators are, as Don Lemon would say, white men who are the most dangerous people in yes. America. Yes. Which, yeah, I mean, something needs to be done about it, in my opinion. Um, it's just out of control. It's two in one or two with like one a week, basically. We've, we've had in in the year we've had 371 days so far and i think we've had what 311 mass shootings it's we're almost at the equivalent of one, of one mass shooting per day yeah that's how bad it's it's getting. just too common but what are some realistic ways of doing this i feel like we're all like i don't know about jojo i know carlos and i we're of that i have now relabeled myself as vintage millennial oh okay okay thank oh, you like a fine vintage about this millennial like right. a fine line so <laughs> what do, what can we now do since we're like grown-ass adults i mean i think as as part, as part of adults i think we need to be part of the the political process right and yeah. part of that is voting part of that is showing up at your community boards local elections national elections but also letting your senators and your congresspeople know how you feel about certain issues because some of these some of these things are legislated on a local level and then there are other things that are legislated on a federal level i mean we should really have federal gun control and i think one of the really staggering things when we also talk about the thousand oaks shooting that occurred the other day one of the victims of the thousand oaks shooting was actually in las vegas when the las vegas shooting happened i think over over a year ago Mm -hmm. And he was a survivor of that. He obviously made it out alive, and he did not make it out alive out of the Thousand Oaks shooting. Oh, my goodness. And his mother posted on Twitter the next day, I don't want your thoughts and prayers. I want gun control now. So, How do you get out of one mass shooting and then in another one and then you get got? Like, yeah. 
that's the reality. And it was Thousand Oaks in Vegas, so like, what are the chances right. that you're in both? That's just crazy. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to say the least, but I guess we can definitely look at the Well, it's time to it's time to look at the Second Amendment through a very critical contemporary lens because it's an it's one of those pieces of our constitution that has not aged well. And we're talking about the right to bear arms when your village didn't have a militia. Right. And it's not just about your your right to defend yourself and your personal property and to to open carry your your weapons. You know, like this is now a matter of weapons are so accessible and so easy to just walk into a Walmart and get a permit and walk out with a gun that now we have to look at the consequences of that and we have to be like, listen, some people just should not have guns. Right. And sometimes the people who have guns, they should probably have to submit to some sort of reevaluation to make sure that guns don't stay in the hands of dangerous people. Right. It's but, you know, as much as we want it to change, it's going to take time. I know that a lot of us are tired of hearing that. But if you just look at the current uh, setting that we have with social media, with the the kids from Parkland and the children and the youth that are doing the damn thing to bring awareness, like I feel like we're on a path to something better. And speaking of being on a path to something better and talking about voting, Carlos, mm. do you want to talk about the blue wave or ripple, as some of the media are calling it? Yeah. I mean, I, I know that it's very easy to feel like there was not a lot of progress that happened in the most recent midterm elections. And I think maybe some of the disappointment that people are feeling had to do with states like Texas, where there was a lot of energy around Beto O'Rourke and his potential candidacy and maybe unseating that douchebag of a human being that is Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. And the Florida race as well between um, Bill Nelson, well, Gillum for for governor and then um, Bill Nelson for the Senate. And you're those, from Florida, and they're from. I'm from Florida. Yeah, I am yeah. originally from Florida, and so I can tell you that Florida is always just a, a weirdo state. And in fact, as of the recording of this podcast, they haven't quite sorted out everything that's happened in Florida. But I'm almost fairly sure that the Republicans the, the will win. Third time I've heard people say those exact words about Florida. Florida is a weirdo state. It is a weirdo state. <laughs> All those weird, like, a Florida man Florida did something man. with an alligator today. Uh, like, you're like, what? What? The weird stories always come from Florida. So I'm not surprised. And I think some of those bigger, like, sexier contests that didn't necessarily get won, I think maybe tripped some people up on the Democratic side of the aisle. However, I would also say let's take a look at some of the great victories and some of the things that happened as a result of the midterm elections. Yes. First of all, voter turnout was super high was in a great. number of states for a midterm, and mm-hmm. I think that that was energized for a number of reasons. I think a lot in opposition to some person's president that's sitting in the current <laughs> White House right now. Oh, five. Um, I, and I also think that, unfortunately, people from the Republican Party also really got energized because there was this culture of fear-mongering and yeah. open racism. The caravan. Um, that was <laughs> that was stirred up in just before, in the last month before the actual election itself. And when we think about some of the good news, I think my favorite thing to see is the large number of women. I think we have over 100 women who are going to be 
in the Congress uh, or in the new Congress as a result of these elections. And that's more than there's ever been. That's not nearly as many as there need to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're excited that we have over 100 women joining. Some of the female candidates who ran, many of whom were, uh, excuse me, not Republicans, they were Democrats, um, were running as a result of this terrible administration and in opposition to that. And they won on those types of messages. And as a result of these women running and winning, we have some really great historic firsts to celebrate within our nation's history, such as the House getting its first two Muslim women, um, Massachusetts getting its first black congresswoman, um, Ayanna Presley, the two um, Muslim women are Rashida Tlaib of Michigan and Ilan Omar of Minnesota. Um, and we have two of the first uh, elected Democratic um, Latinx women joining the Congress. We have Veronica Escobar of El Paso and Sylvia Garcia of Houston. We have Alexandra, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, who is the youngest elected um, representative that we have and <laughs> woman. And a total millennial, and, and let let's help her find her apartment. And she needs in an DC. apartment in DC. There's a So if you maybe like have I a saw that story. on Craigslist.com, it's expensive. So it's she just, can't afford to move, right? She can't she afford. Can't afford she move. can't afford to move until she actually starts her job because she doesn't have the money to, to oh live. Oh my gosh. Because she's a Bronx girl, yep. and like she's used to being a Bronx girl, and DC is not cheap, especially if you're trying to like live and work in the actual DC proper. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Well, she's going to be getting paid though, right? She, yeah, but yeah. she won't start getting. But paid. she doesn't have the money to move there, right? right. She's not the fun. Have so, they done a GoFundMe for her? Right, we people need, are talking about we it. We need a love offering. I'm something. Like, we started a GoFundMe to make Kylie Jenner a billionaire. We can't fucking do this for right. This is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, we made a GoFundMe for the black girl that was a Make American Great Again person because she got kicked out of her school or whatever for being Make America Great Again. But then, plot twist, she got $150,000 and she actually was not a Make American oh, Great Again person. God. Oh she was a just a straight-up Democrat a scamming her way to the top. In addition to Alexandria, we have the first two um, Native American women ever elected to our Congress, and one of whom was openly gay. And so, I mean, mm -hmm. I think we see some really great strides for women, for people of color, we had Colorado, who had um, its first openly gay, the first openly gay governor ever elected for the state of Colorado. And Kim Davis got shut down. And Kim Davis did, said, no, thank you. She does not need a job anymore. So we're really grateful for some of those wins. And the interesting thing that I've been seeing recently is that the headlines are all reading that it's the year of the woman. And while there's a part of me that really celebrates that and is excited to see that women in particular are seeing more and more representation because representation is important and it mm -hmm. matters. I wonder if there are people out there who might think year of the woman, like women are here and they've always been here. Right. Like why is this our year all of a sudden? Right. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, to I, you? I totally heard that same uh, sentiment earlier this week when people were saying, Oh, it's the year of the woman. It's the year of women. And it's like, women are here and they're not going anywhere. It's not like next year, it's going to be the year of something else. They're not a fad. They're not a trend. This is a direct result of the pushback of Donald Trump being elected president. It's that same energy that was present at the Women's March uh, in 2017 or 16, whenever it 16 was. 16 and 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, there were great organizations that got together to teach people how to run for their uh, those elected positions right. mm-hmm. for office. And it's paying off and it's it's showing. So I and, I, and it should be noted, like there are 435 seats in Congress and women have never had more than 80 something like 83 or 84 mm-hmm. or something like that. And so, now what do they have? Over 100. Over 100. Over 100. And like for, for it to be equitable of at least male and female there should be at least representation. Half and half. There should be at least half and half. So That needs to be written in. We need an amendment on that. Well, apparently, and I learned this this week, was, is that apparently Afghanistan, it that, does it that that's way? in their, their constitution. Half you know, and half? Where it has to be half women. Wow. Child, could you imagine this country if that were the case? We'd be getting shit done, especially if they're lesbian. Maxine Waters would have been president. It blows my mind that, like, those decisions about, like, you know, cho- like, life About being the livelihoods of American people, or, or, yeah. You know, what am I, birth control, sure. stuff like that. Are being made by white men? Are being made by men, like, yeah. period. Like, how does a man have any right to say, to create legislation over what, like, I don't, I honestly don't know what it feels like. I just wonder, like, if there's this thing that I have to do naturally that happens naturally with my body, how the fuck dare anybody that's not me get to make the rules on how I would live my life? Right. It's infuriating when I think about it but um yeah sorry I had to and that's why you know that's why it's amazing that we you know we've taken as a country a giant step forward in equitable representation in Congress at least as far as men and women are involved uh, we still have a lot more work to do you know and I think that we should absolutely even though we didn't make the gains in the Senate that we wanted to we should still absolutely celebrate what we did achieve, and we, you know, we flipped, mm-hmm. we flipped the house, yeah, and that's not which a small is a, feat. Which is a check on the power of this administration, exactly. no matter what happens. Because and if if they want to try and push some sort of agenda along, they're going to have to work. They're going to have to fight. They're going to have to work with the house, right? And whoever the Senate, or excuse me, the the House Majority Leader, whether it's Pelosi, which I think she just needs to retire. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we need to give this to someone fresh, but um. They're going to have to work with that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right. I think it'll be helpful. And we also have all of the investigations that could potentially happen. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But before we do that, and as we talk about gender a little bit more, and the additional thing that's also really exciting about the house being flipped is now our good auntie, oh, yeah. Maxine Waters. Auntie. Yes. Who is the senior ranking official on the House Finance Committee Mm -hmm. is now going to be the head of the House Finance Committee. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that a little bit more after the break. And as I was saying just before the break, come January, the banking industry is going to be on Representative Maxine Waters time. Yes. And she has all the time. She will not yield. She will not give up one second not to these second. haters. Because the Democrats have taken control of the House of Representatives, the ranking officials who are on all of those respective committees are now going to be head of those. And Maxine Waters is, re- is expected to become the chairwoman of the House Financial Services Committee, which oversees our nation's banking system and its regulators. 
Um, Maxine Waters is no stranger to this kind of work, no strangers to the banks, no strangers to Wall Street. And for the last two years, baby, she has been giving me my life as a Mm -hmm. very vocal critic of this administration. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she has called, over her career, she has called for more regulation of the banks and has opposed Trump's political appointees, moving to roll back regulations on bank and the other financial services companies. So I am expecting all of the subpoenas... Day one. Day one. one. I am expecting... And you know she's already preparing. Oh, she's ready. She's she's probably already had it done. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I get to pull out that folder now. Right. I'm I'm expecting all of these petty (laughs) requests for information and her asking about letters and whether they were received or not received. I think we are in for a whole new era of memes. So if anything... A whole new era of memes, yes. (laughs) If anything... May 23rd is going to be a national holiday. Right. (laughs) If anything is going to happen in this country, I just think it's going to be fascinating and we're going to have a whole new set of memes. So I'm excited. If you're really excited about Maxine Waters, please join the nieces and nephews of Maxine Waters page. We We actually got somebody from this podcast. to join over the last couple of weeks because we mentioned it on our podcast and we have Jonathan and I continue to admin it and we saw some requests a lot of requests actually came in after the the elections and some people made it some people made it and some people did not some people did not listen listen because we see you we see you we will separate the wheat from the shaft don't think that when you try to join it like nobody see, like a robot no. sees these requests. Exactly. It's either Carlos or myself. Right. And just because you black don't mean you're automatically getting in. If you look like a fuckboy, you are not getting in. We are reading friend. your profile. We're checking. We're looking at the profile. <laughs> We're going to the cover photo and then pressing left and right. <laughs> just making sure there's no mega hats. You're damn right. Uh, all, the, all the stuff. But look, I'm excited about this because who knows what's going to happen. It's, I mean... It's gonna. I mean, like, I feel like, like, um, what is it? Is it is it C-SPAN? I feel like C-SPAN's one of them. It's gonna be must see TV, oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be a, a, a abnormal I'm trend. D- I'm gonna it's DVR like, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, who ever watched C-SPAN? Now we're gonna watch it. It's like Donald Trump wants to talk about ratings. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what else he doing? Like, that's literally right. gonna be us every day. When is she on the TV? When is, is, she, is Maxine on today? Okay. <laughs> okay. Is she playing? She should just start like Instagram living everything. Oh, yes. I cannot wait. And be, she's, I mean, and she's like, "Don't come for me. I ain't scared." Right? And she's like, I'm going to do to but them you know what they did to scared? me. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. She's not going to play any games. But that's why I was saying earlier when uh, between uh, Donald and Jim Acosta, the reason uh, the president is acting so crazy because he, he, knows. Knows, he knows this oh, shit is knows. coming. Yep. He knows the day of reckoning is upon us. Oh, yes. He's here in the, the choir. I can't wait. And with that, Congress, you have earned the bloop of the week. Bloop? Thank you so much. And now we're going to take a break. All right. So uh, this week we wanted to talk a little bit about self-care. And you know that each week that all of us are together, we start the episode talking about what we did for self-care or just checking in about our week. And what surprised all of us is that this happens to be one of the favorite parts about the podcast for a lot of you. So we say on the podcast that we believe that exercising self-care 
as a queer person of color is a radical act. So I thought it'd be cool to just get real about self-care for a minute because after the couple of weeks we have all had in these perilous times. A couple of years. Complicated times. (laughs) In this economy, we got to make sure we do our part to keep each other each other's edges intact, Hanny. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be sort of like a little roundtable discussion with the three of us. So I want to ask the both of you, when we say that self-care is a radical act for, for QPOC, uh, why do you think that's true? Hmm. Well, for one, you know, there are levels of privilege, obviously. Right. Um. But for people in the LGBTQ, that whole umbrella, mm-hmm. we've had to live a certain way, whether it's closeted. You know, we've just had to be under the oppression of something higher than us. Mm-hmm. Right. So living in these times, whereas they are perilous, uh, it's still a time to be alive, at least here in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I want to mm-hmm. totally acknowledge that. And I know that we have listeners from all across the world um, who are not able to live openly, but you know, now that I'm saying that, I'm realizing how privileged we are to even be talking about self care. Yeah. Um, so it's an important thing for, I definitely think for mental health. Uh, and we've often said on here, like, this podcast is a form of like self therapy. And mm-hmm. so that's a form of self care. Imagine that there are people that are, A, not able to get, it out. Some people don't do therapy. Some people don't even practice self-care in the form of things that we'll talk about and that we have talked about on the mm-hmm. show before, whether it's buying video games, taking a bubble bath, spending a lot of money on something, which again is a privilege. But um, yeah, I think that's why it's important is because it provides levity uh, in your life mm-hmm. when you've had to live a certain way, that a very stressful way. Agreed. I think part of it too is thinking about I had this conversation with someone earlier today at work, actually, at how we we teach people how to treat ourselves, yeah. right? And so, um, and we do that every day through the messages that we give each other, whether that's explicitly or implicitly in the way mm-hmm. that we're we're interacting. Mm-hmm. And self care is an opportunity for you to check those tapes on yourself mm. and to re-edit and visit those tapes on yourself. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. Roll the tape, Diane. Um, <laughs> and so when we are in a world that is constantly feeding us certain messages about ourselves, yeah. even though we are trying to tell the world how to do how to treat us, the world many times will regard us with certain scripts, with certain tapes, and then at some point we believe the lie. Mm-hmm. And then we write it into our tapes. And so for me, self-care is an opportunity to to take a break away from that, do what I need to do, Mm -hmm. whether that's play a game, whether that's writing, whether that's singing, whether that's just hanging out with a friend, eating a nice meal, going to watch a movie. I don't know. It, It looks different depending on the time. But that's an opportunity to just refeed my spirit check those tapes and then start over and and let the world know like no this is actually how i need to be treated i love that no yeah that's that's exact i feel like that's in line with how i would feel about self-care also like it's your opportunity to check in with yourself and be like yes this is fine it's like no actually this made me feel really really shitty and i don't want to put myself in a situation where i'm going to feel that way again Mm -hmm. so what can i do to make sure that 
I stay in alignment with my true north, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, well, go I was going to say um, that's very interesting because whereas I was talking about self-care in terms of privileges and buying things and mm-hmm. stuff like that, self-care is also what you just said. It is removing yourself or not placing yourself in situations where you may feel obligated to do so. So if maybe you're hanging out with a group of people and right. you know that you do not want to do that because they're going to a place that you just don't want to go to or because you just don't feel like going out. Right. It's not being antisocial. You don't need your peers to pressure you into saying, oh, you never come out. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to think that there's something wrong with you because you don't want to go out on a Friday or you've consistently not gone out. Right. Uh, There are, obviously, there might be signs for something else somewhere like if, but I just feel like you can't jump directly to mental illness or like depression or something Mm -hmm. because you don't go out. Like this is my self-care. This is my me time. Especially if you're like Carlos or myself or even Jolie as a freelancer, like working extra hard and working a job every day and dealing Mm -hmm. with bullshit, you have to know. It's like Oprah, the the power of no, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So no is a self-care. Yeah. And no I is think. a complete sentence. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and saying no to something means saying yes to something else. Exactly. Yes, right? yes. And sometimes you have to say no to something to say yes to yourself. On the flip side of that, I will also say that, again, in understanding your energy levels, like knowing myself, right? And, and there are days where I'm like, all I need to do is disconnect, put on the jammers, and call it. Mm-hmm. But there are sometimes where if I like spend a whole weekend and I haven't gone out, like I realize that my energy is off because I needed that people energy that I didn't mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. over the last couple of days. So I've become really cognizant of that too and making sure that I know when I feel like I'm going to start to head in that direction, like that I'm proactively reaching out to people so I don't get into that funk. What does that look like though? So like in a car, for those who drive out there, um, you've got F for full and E for empty in terms of gas, but kind of explain like, well, what do you monitor to know where the balance is? I mean, I think for me, it's just being really mindful of like my my affect and my mood, right? So I can I can tell when I'm like craving that connection with somebody and it doesn't have to be like it's it just like that person connection with someone that I care about or esteem or want to get to know better or right. whatever. Right. And so for me it's it's sort of the energy like I start to feel the energy level for me start to sag. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that that is that's also a function of me being more of an extrovert versus an introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert, but just barely, but just enough where some of that stuff sometimes gets to me. You're an ambivert. Yeah, I can be both. <laughs> I can be both. Mm-hmm. I'm also very like intuitive, and I also I'm a big feeler, and so I oftentimes do need to pull away to process things oh, yeah. emotionally oh, yeah. before I can do the other work that is like having to logically dictate and parse out the rest of my life. So for me, that's what that looks like. And I've, I've had to learn, and I feel like for everybody, it's going to look a little bit different mm-hmm. because everyone's unique in that, that sense. So I'm going to throw this question out there because this is, uh, it's not a new conversation, but it's definitely one that I see more people having more often now. And that is talking about the difference between self-care and self-indulgence. Mm. How would you define self-indulgence versus self-care? I'm not really sure because I have seen people, and I'm not naming any names, but um, <laughs> and it's nobody at this table, um, but I've seen where like people really, really preach self-care, mm-hmm. but then 
they complain later about being like not having and I'm I'm always going to be in this position of thinking of self-care like not having the money to do xyz or saying I'm poor. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like so how much self-care do you give yourself financially before it becomes detrimental to the things that you need to do? Mm-hmm. Or like, is is monitoring your finance does that need to become a part of your self-care? I think monitoring your finances right. is a part of self-care. Mm-hmm. I've always been taught pay your bills and then do whatever you want later but then and also, I think that I should save. But is it an act of rebellion? And, you know, what we said earlier, a resistance if you resist against your bank account and then just start spending it. I don't know. It's kind of self-defeating. when then bill collectors come, you exactly. can't just resist them, babe. But along the same Sally lines. Sally is still a bitch. Hello. Right. <laughs> but along, along the same lines uh, and along the same thought process, I was saying this before the show. I am re- I'm in the gym. I'm trying to get a certain way. But I do all this work, and then I'm like, fuck it, self-care. I'm going to get this 280-calorie cookie, and I only did 240 calories worth. Not only am I going to get one of those cookies, I'm going to get two, but hashtag self-care. Like, right, so like, I beat myself up over that, but I also justify it by saying, fuck it, I want to live the way I want to live. This is self-care. And I, I think that's a good example. It's just like we think about the ways that we want to improve our lives. And sometimes it's not comfortable, mm-hmm. right? But we know that it's the right move for us to make. Yeah. And but so then like, we undermine I'm, ourselves. Right. So I'm like the same way where like, you know, during the day, I'll be really, really good about how I eat. But I have terrible eating habits right before I go to sleep. And then we'll like binge eat mm. before I go to bed. And then just completely erase all the good that I did for myself during the day. And so, and after I've done that, and this is like part of my things, like one thing that I've done recently is rather than buying a bag of potato chips and going home to eat that, I'll take the same money I would spend on that and I'll buy like uh, a sheet mask and I'll do a sheet mask treatment for a half an hour Mm -hmm. and do that for myself. Yeah. You know? But what does that look like in terms of how it impacts the need, right? Because mine, at least, is a stimulus created by my attempt at elevating myself. It is almost as if I'm saying, I'm giving myself this good thing. Mm -hmm. I want to do better. And then the devil coming on your back and being like, now you want this cookie. Mm-hmm. It's almost like in every Tyler Perry movie, the crackhead mother that like <laughs> is trying to do better for herself. Well, that's why that's why I started doing that that sort of substitution. Also, it was for Holiday Heart, yeah, which is not a Tyler Perry movie, but um, but like that's why I started by like you know I'll go to the 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 face cleansing aisle because mm-hmm. I can't think of what else to call the it. Right Korean now. beauty product store, <laughs> right? Like the beauty aisle, yeah. like because like a sheet mask is like two dollars, three dollars, sure. mm-hmm. and you literally like you can't move your face for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it forces you to just sort of like sit there and be still and be quiet while you've got this thing on your face. Right. And it just sort of has this dual thing. It's like, one, instead of buying the potato chips, I bought this thing that's good for me mm-hmm. and is going to make me feel and look more refreshed when I wake up in the mm-hmm. morning. And that will have better have a better thing for me. So do you think, because I was going to, so the question really, I posed it to myself, but to you as well, like obviously a face mask does not feed the same need, no pun intended, as chips. Right. But. But they're both, like they're for me, they're both purely emotional needs. Okay. So is it good practice then, 
is for the listeners to verbally coach yourself and explain to yourself why this is a good thing. Like, I'm getting this face mask because, and everything you've just said, but you're saying it to yourself. So say it out loud, I think, is what you have to do. Oh, yeah. Like, when I'm in the store now, like, I, and, like, because so... Um, I bought a, a bag of cheese doodles for my sister because she mm. asked me to get her a snack. Yum. And so I look at that bag of cheese doodles haunting me in the mm. kitchen. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't eat that anymore <laughs> out loud. Yeah. Holding a cross up to it. Like, oh, I just hurt my arms. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so I think reframing, which is the device that you're using in that mm-hmm. moment, I think is is really important to help people when when they're thinking about their goals and, and when they're thinking about what they want to do. I would also add to that something that I find helpful and I learned from an executive coach a long time ago is this concept of minimums. And so hmm. uh, when we think about goals that we want to get to specifically, and it, this is veering a little bit off the topic of self-care, but sometimes it's, it's aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that we want to do in our lives, and there are many steps. A lot of times these, these big changes or transformative changes in our lives require a lot of steps to get there. And the concept of minimums teaches us that what is the abs or asks us to think about what is the smallest amount of work that is necessary in order for you to get a little bit closer to that goal? Mm-hmm. That's your minimum. Mm. And so every day it becomes less about being perfect and hitting that mark every time, but it's more about what is the minimum and how can I achieve that minimum? And if I'm interested in actually going to in the direction that I want to go to, I'm going to hit that minimum. And then if I'm not, then I'm not going to actually hit that minimum. And it's actually not really a goal that I am truly invested in trying to do. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit about checking like your motivations and understanding where your real goals are. And, and I think that every day is it's a progress and not perfection thing, right? Like we are going to mess up. We're not going to necessarily get it right. But ultimately like the overall work has to be good, right? Even on this keto life that I've been on recently, like I have not had perfect days. I've had good days. I've had some not so great days. I've like messed up before and counted things wrong and I've messed up before and I'm like, oh, I ate too many, you know, whatever. But you just get back on the horse and you keep riding. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the important part. It's not about getting it right every single time. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like in the minimums, it's, there's an, uh, there, there's an accountability component. There is. Um, which I mean, we have to hold ourselves accountable uh, so, like, if your minimum is I'm going to cut out sugar drinks, mm-hmm. then the the bare least you have to do is just not get a sugar drink. Just drink water. Or or maybe if you're like, listen, I'm going to stop drinking sugary drinks, but you drink sugar drinks every day, and maybe going cold turkey on sugar drinks is not it. So maybe your minimum is I'm not going to have sugary drinks one day out of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one meal out of one day out of the week. Like, that's a super minimum. Let's say you were having one for every meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. And then once you achieve that goal, then what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? Well, it seems like we've really uh, centered here on like food. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because like, uh, like food is a, it's, a, it's such a personal thing and it's definitely a part of how some people practice self-care. Yeah. And coping. Yeah. Well, yeah. Carlos kind of came for me earlier, but I'm going to bring it up as my self-care was uh, once on this island. Like, I'm (laughs) sure that people on the outside are looking at me like, something's wrong. Like, (laughs) he's seen this musical nine Nine times. times. (laughs) Why? What's going on in his mind? But, like, no, it's—look, I I get discounted tickets. Sure. And— 
it makes me feel good. You're not not able to pay your rent and your bills because oh right 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 no this show no so I'm now I'm separate from like I'm moving on past like the idea of like is this going to put me in bankruptcy no right I'm saying like other than like self care in the form of eating and stuff I also consume theater Mm -hmm. um and so I am a very like if I know something works then I'm gonna do it so like I listen to that soundtrack. And then it's to the point now where it's like I've seen the musical so many times, it's just like me sitting there listening to the soundtrack again. <laughs> and some people might be like, must be nice to spend $60 just to go see, listen to the soundtrack that you already know how it goes. But, like, it just makes me feel good. And yeah. so, like, it's only that much, and I like to do it. So I'm going to do it, and it's not hurting anybody. So there you go. That's my self-care. Yeah. And so as long that's... as it's not hurting you and hurting your pocketbook and right. you're able to meet your needs, then then that's okay, and it's totally valid. Yeah. On that topic, like, so what else does self-care look like? And I'm, I'm talking about, like, not just in the nice things that we do for ourselves. Because, you know, I said before, like, having a bubble bath with the aromatherapy candles is absolutely valid self-care. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like, for me, when I think about self-care in terms of my, like, my mental health, right, I know that I'm having a, a tough week or a tough few weeks if I've let my my stubble grow in too long, or if my nails are getting just a little bit longer than is cute, or like my my hair is tangled, or my laundry is piled up mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, that's a big one. You know, like so. And it, when you think about okay, I've got to get these things put together, and but also let yourself off the hook a little bit because you're allowed to have those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that when I stay ahead of those things, I'm staying ahead of my personal mental health. So what yeah. do, what else does that look like for for you? Well, I'm going to answer that question by going back to the question that I asked Carlos when I was talking about full and empty, because I really feel like there's an invisible enemy or barrier there when it comes to monitoring that level of mental health mm-hmm. in ourselves. Because I will find myself, there are there are a few things that, unless I really monitor it, and sometimes I'll even call it out and I'll be like, well, fuck it, like I'm just not, my spirit's not in the right place right now. And those are not getting a haircut for a long time. And in this case, I'm keeping it well, but like sometimes my beard will grow in and it's just way too crazy and I just go out looking crazy anyway. And mm-hmm. I know y'all have seen it before and nobody's nobody loves me enough to say like, what's wrong? Like whatever. I mean, we do. <laughs> uh, so there's that. There's my room getting hella dirty and like me knowing if I just clean this, I mm-hmm. would wake up a lot better and it's true like mm-hmm. I clean my room and it's spotless then I wake up the next morning and it's a completely different feeling mm-hmm. there's that and then there's when I'm playing smite and I'm going off on people like if I curse people out too much and this is no surprise we do panels at PAX and we talk about you know not being toxic online but we all admit that we're at toxic online sometimes and if I'm being too toxic then I'll know I'll be able to be like okay something's Something wrong is going on right so some of those things it's like the reason i bring up that invisible enemy is because like you can clock yourself but sometimes you're not motivated to do anything about it sometimes you don't feel like cleaning the room and you let it be that way for a whole month sometimes i know i look a hot ass mess going out with this mini fro and this big beard but i don't go to the barber shop so like you get caught in a rut Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it looks like for me. It's an invisible thing that you have to try to overcome. Hmm, I agree. I think for me, and especially recently, I guess just because I've been focusing so much on my physical health, I, I think some of the things that are important to me and that might be helpful to anybody really and, and are things that are 
not don't necessarily cost money. Things like getting enough sleep. Mm. I didn't realize until a couple of months ago, and I think it a lot had to do with like me tracking stuff on like my smartwatch. It's just understanding how much sleep I actually need in order to feel like I'm rested and productive and how getting into the habit of like routinely turning stuff off, getting in the bed, doing the whole little thing, wrapping myself up in my burrito, as as Jonathan would call it now that we've hit the winter months, the burrito, Um, and how important that is. And then I can wake up the next day feeling a lot more ready, a lot more alert, and like I can take on my day and some of the craziness that's happening. So I think that's that's a big one for me. Another thing that I think is important is staying hydrated. And we oh, forget yeah. sometimes when we're running around and drinking, maybe we're drinking sugar drinks hmm. or maybe we're not drinking sugar drinks, but keeping keeping tabs of like, oh, I need water. Like, and I need to make sure that I'm, I'm giving my body the thing that it needs in mm. order to continue to process food, to process the nutrients, like keep everything moving. So those are things that, again, are, are needs of the body, but can be very easily neglected if you're not being mindful about them. So I think that that point that you were talking about before, Jonathan, is it's really developing that sense of mindfulness about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you're at and knowing mm-hmm. yourself well enough to know where you're going to. And it's, it's difficult because we operate in a society that promotes and asks you to be mindless a lot of the oh, time yeah. mm. oh, and yeah. not check in with else. And in fact, puts a lot of, again, this is going back to the videotape conversation, puts a lot of messages into your mind to create pain, even where there is no actual pain where there should, there but is. present it as though you're not going through anything. Correct. Because we live in the social media age. Correct. You know, and this was actually, this was something, and I, I wanted to talk about the self-care now that I think about it, but I didn't. But this is something that I've been deal that I've sort of come to a realization about the past couple of days. Like, as someone who, who is trying to make a career out of being in the spotlight because I'm I want to create music and release music though there is a lot of pressure to be on social media all the time and to present yourself in such a way that people find inspiring right and and I know that you feel this too because you've been doing YouTube for the past 10 almost 11 years right mm-hmm. and so you sort of feel that pressure to like present yourself in a way that's just like polished and right and perfect mm-hmm. and and you just sort of you might hit a point where you're just like oh my gosh I feel horrible or who am I like what what who why do I think that who I am is even interesting to people I've had that you know? identity crisis thing yeah. happen before yeah and I and I'm just like I realize and I hit this point when I'm just like you know what you know I know that there are people in my life who look at me and and might think of me as an inspiring person like I know people think the same thing about you Carlos I know think people people think the same thing about you Jonathan especially our listeners to this podcast who think of of us as as being inspirations in their life mm-hmm. and I'm like you know what it's not about living my life to inspire other people but about living in my living my life in such a way that inspires me mm-hmm. And letting that inspiration that other people get out of that be a residual process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think that's what self-care comes down to. Mm-hmm. I think it's about thinking about the things that inspire you to live the life that you want. Because not yeah. everybody wants that same life. There's nothing wrong 
with wanting a life that is simple, where you go to work, you come home to your yeah. loved ones and your family, and that's and that's your life. Mm-hmm. And because because that's a beautiful thing, and it's every bit as valid as being Beyonce flying around the world, yep. entertaining millions of people. You know, so I think it's just a matter of figuring out, like you know, what makes you feel aligned with mm-hmm. your good self. Yeah. And pursuing that just like relentlessly. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> That's deep. It is deep. It is deep. And it, and it comes back to this concept for me of, of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, a lot of the lies that we get fed by people that are not us, right? As we're trying to navigate our way through this world and especially as queer people, now taking that back in the concept yes. of authenticity, if we are queer people operating in a space that was created by and for cisgender and usually males who are straight. And white. And white. <laughs> we are often not many of those things <laughs> in our day-to-day lives. And so I think one of the first things that we have to overcome as queer people is us coming to terms with the fact that like this world isn't meant for us and... In some ways, we feel shame related mm. to that, and in some ways, mm. we feel guilty for for some unknown reason. We do feel guilty for and guilt and shame associated with all of that, and then working through and breaking through all of that, mm-hmm. so that we can come out on the other side and understand who we are, and who we are really, and what is our full authentic self. Whether to your point, it's living a simple life, whether it's living off the grid somewhere in like the desert in Arizona because that's like what works for you. And it doesn't mean that we all have to be successful power brokers (laughs) or doctors or lawyers or the things that our parents want us to be or bankers. Um, The world needs all kinds of people. And you, I I believe anyway, that we were all put on this earth and we have a purpose Mm -hmm. in our lives that to serve and our job for however long we are in this existence, uh, whether it's one of many or just the one that we get, is to, to figure that out and to make the best use of that time that we have here, no matter how long it is. And that, that struggle of authenticity is often the biggest hurdle to overcome for so many people. Oh, yeah. And because one of the biggest authentic, authentic crises is coming out, Mm-hmm. And and claiming that like this is who I am as a mm-hmm. queer person, there are some people who don't even get there. First of all, mm-hmm. and then for those people who do get there, it oftentimes I mean, and maybe in the younger generations it's starting to get younger and younger. But you know, in our generation as vintage millennials or as non-vintage millennials, <laughs> uh, it may take a little bit longer for people in their lives to come to some of these realizations and some of these um, statements in their lives. And they have to also now, now deal with the fallout of everything that they've done right. up until that point. And right. that can be very, very difficult. And for some people who never choose to get to that point of authenticity, that can be like the thing that mm-hmm. holds them back, truly. But what, are, what about the people who, because you say the people that choose not to, the, what about the people that are not able to? And... I know that this is this Cupac life, but I'm just thinking of like super straight, like just straight family, um, works really hard, paycheck to paycheck. Like, how do people? I mean, maybe there are Q. Obviously, yeah, there are QPOC <laughs> that are living that life. There are QPC who are so like. But how how do they exercise self care when you don't have the financial means to do it? When you don't have the luxury of 
you know, laying in your burrito bed, like because you don't even own a bed, you're homeless, um, you, you're going from friend to friend. Uh, how do you exercise self care that way? I think I think self care in that situation starts with letting yourself off the hook for your circumstances. I know I've had to learn that lesson in these past several months that I've been like struggling to pay the rent and it's made me feel really, really shitty and horrible a lot of the time. And I'm just like, you know what? This is this is life and life is happening to me right now and it's not gonna always be pretty, but I can still make the choice to bring the best that I can possibly bring of myself to this situation right now. And choose to stay optimistic and allow choose allow that choice to be my self-care that in, you know, in spite of these circumstances I will persist somehow hmm. and that is my self-care thanks And with that, you all, our time together comes to a close. This is a very pre-written script because it says special thanks to our guests. <laughs> I didn't even look at that part. And we are our guests. I was I was waiting for you to just read special <laughs> I was going to read it, too. I was and like, girl, around, what? And do the finger thing that you did a couple weeks ago where it's, you're like, who's next? There's, there's a, it's, a, it's a theory. It's like some kind of model or theory or like rule or something. It's it's the, the conflict of... The train driver. I forgot what it's called. I saw it on a YouTube video. The trolley video. problem. Is it called the trolley problem? Yeah, where there's yeah. a trolley on two tracks. Yeah, and, and there's only kill. two workers. One person the... versus like seven people. And yeah. Like what's the more ethical choice? Right? Yep. And if you're utilitarian, then you're thinking, well, I'm going to pick the, the one person one. because it's like that's the least amount of harm. But Why would you choose the bigger one, like because, the more people? But what if that one person happens to be like really important or really special to you, or oh, right? So that's a whole layer. So then you're assigning value in a different way. Sorry, we're going very differently off into like ethics and the trolley problem, but that's what you were talking about. Okay. Speaking yeah. of ethical people, I'm Jelly. I'm Carlos, <laughs> and I'm Jonathan, <laughs> and this is this Cupac Life. <laughs> Time to get that key lime pie. Woo! Key lime pie. That's self care. And wings are gonna be self care. This episode of This Cupac Life was recorded at Brick Arts Media in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Remember, you can talk to us at This Cupac Life on social media. And our new website, www.thiscupoc.life. You can also email us at ask, that's A-S-K, at thiscupoc.life. If you enjoyed the show, please share us with your friends and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, as well as Facebook. Thank you for being a part of this Cupoc family. <laughs>